Hello and welcome to Embassy City Church Podcast. This is a place where all people can experience the love of God through the Word of God. Our prayer is that you will be inspired and transformed. Thank you for joining us today. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open them to uh, the book of 1 Samuel chapter 19. We are still in a series called what? Growth Spurt. And so uh, we've been talking every single weekend about what it means to have spiritual growth spurts. uh, And uh, we're going to continue in the narrative of David. We're still talking about uh, this incredible life of David and all the areas he had to grow up in to be who God called him to be and do what God called him to do. Have a lot to cover uh, today as it relates to this a particular message. And uh, so if you're taking notes on this message, I want to give you the title of it up front. The title of this message is Growth to Go. Growth to Go. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read uh, uh, the first 10 verses and then we'll jump right into the points. I have, have uh, four points or signs that I want to give you today. Uh, about uh, when it's time to go, but I want to give a disclaimer up front before I dive into the message. This message is uh, for someone today. It's probably for many people today. And uh, the context I want to give you is that there are some people in this room that are in some bad situations, that are in some bad relationships, and it's so bad and so toxic, you definitely need to go. This message is for you. But there are some other people that are not in seriously bad situations. You are not in a toxic relationship. You are not in an environment so bad that if you stay, you'll die. But you will try to use this message. (laughs) If you are spiritually immature, as God's confirmation that you can leave, there will be some people that are going through some mild marriage issues that will try to use this message as confirmation that you can get a divorce. When the truth of the matter is, you only need three counseling sessions. (laughs) So don't be lazy and don't be spiritually immature. There's some people that you are in a situation and you just need to work through it. There's some other people that need to run. You will find out who you are once you get these points. (laughs) Let's pray, and then I'm going to start reading, okay? God, give us the the strength to go. Amen. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse number 1 says this. Saul now urged his servants and his son Jonathan to assassinate David. So in chapter 18, we talked about the fact that, that David was successful, even though Saul got jealous. Saul tries to throw a spear at him twice and kill him. David escapes twice, but he comes back to work. He's just thinking, man, my boss had a bad day, and I don't know why he has a spear in such close proximity to him at all times. Uh, but but I, I needed to get away. But he keeps showing back, back to work. But after the last accomplishment he had and how successful he was, again, Saul is urging his servants and his son Jonathan to assassinate David. But Jonathan, because of his strong affection for David, told him what his father was planning. Tomorrow morning, he warned him, you must find a hiding place 
out in the fields. I'll ask my father to go out there with me, and I'll talk to him about you. Then I'll tell you everything I can find out. The next morning, Jonathan spoke with his father about David, saying many good things about him. The king, the king must not sin against his servant David, Jonathan said. He's never done anything to harm you. He has always helped you in any way he could. Have you forgotten about the time he risked his life to kill the Philistine giant and how the Lord brought a great victory to all Israel as a result? Can I just pause? He couldn't have forgot. It was like less than a month ago. <laughs> Y'all, this is not a lot of time. It wasn't like he, he you know, four years later, it's like, uh, what did David do for me again? It was like literally three weeks ago. So have you forgotten how, how good it was? You were certainly happy about it then. If I was a son, I would add a little bit more, especially since you didn't fight, <laughs> sir. You the king, he had to come do your dirty work, a little shepherd boy from the field. Now you mad, huh? Why should you murder an innocent man like David? There is no reason for it at all. So Saul listened to Jonathan and vowed, as surely as the Lord lives, David will not be killed. Afterward, Jonathan called David and told him what had happened. Then he brought David to Saul, and David went back to work. David served like he had served before, okay? War broke out again after that, and David led his troops against the Philistines. We know by now... David's a man of war, okay? He attacked them with such fury that they all ran away. Man, I wish I could have seen this dude on the battlefield. He just sounds like he just went completely cray-cray when he was out there. But one day when Saul was sitting at home with spear in hand, listen, I got guns. Okay, this is Texas. We live in a gun culture. We're in the South. I got guns. Okay, I got guns in the car. Okay, right now. Okay, I got guns at the house right now. Okay, I got guns by the, my drawer right now. I don't have one on me right now because we have others that have them right now. Don't start nothing. Won't be nothing. I wish you would. Okay? But when I'm sitting at home, I just don't have my gun in my hand. Like, I'm not living a life that rowdy that while I'm just at home sitting down, I gotta be mm, fumbling with it. Uh, uh, uh. Saul's at the house sitting there with a spear in his hand. Just, why? <laughs> and the tormenting spirit from the Lord suddenly came upon him again. As David played his harp, Saul hurled his spear at David. And David dodged out of the way, leaving the spear stuck in the wall. This is the third time this happened now. He fled and escaped into the night. Oh Bye. He's out. First time, 
you having a bad day. Second time, oh, it's a real bad day. Third time, I think you're trying to kill me. <laughs> Three strikes, you're out. I, I, I can't stay in this cycle of behavior anymore. I'm leaving. He didn't pray about it. Because when, when you're in an abusive situation where your life is on the line, you don't have to pray. Well, I'm just asking the Lord if I'm going to get a release. Um, the release came as, as soon as the spear was chucked. You got to go. He, he ran. And as he fled, he's on the run now trying to make sure that his life is spared. He wants to serve, but the king hasn't made it easy for him to do so. And after the third time that he's encountered a spear, he realizes, I'm, I'm going to have to make a tough decision. He doesn't try to have a conversation with him. Why do you keep doing this to me? All I've ever done is serve you. I've killed the giant. I've played my heart. No, he leaves. So I want to give you four signs. Four signs that it's time to go. <laughs> oh, and y'all know I'm basic with my points. Here's the first one. Please write it down. Here's the first sign that it's time to go. You'll die if you stay. That's as simply put as I can make it. You will die if you stay. Here's what it says in uh, verse number 11. Then Saul sent troops to watch David's house. They were told to kill David when he came out the next morning. This dude's serious. But Michael, David's wife, warned him, if you don't escape tonight, you will be dead by morning. So she helped him climb out through a window, and he fled and escaped. When the troops came, oh, she took an idol and put it in his bed, covered it with blankets, and put a cushion of goat's hair at his head. Good job, Michael. <laughs> Protect your man, girl. <laughs> when the troops came to arrest David, she told them that he was sick and couldn't get out of the bed. Now, this is the king's daughter. So the, so the troops couldn't just push her aside like it was some random drug raid and rush in on David. This is the princess of the kingdom saying he's sick and he can't get out of bed. So they, they turned back around. Uh, but Saul uh, uh, sent troops back to get David. He ordered, bring him to me in his bed so I can kill him. So don't just get him out the bed. <laughs> This level of hatred is specific. <laughs> I want him and the bed he's in. But when they came to carry David out, they discovered that it was only an idol in the bed with a cushion of goat's hair at its head. Why have you betrayed me like this and let my enemy escape? Saul demanded of Michael. And then Michael lost her, lost her ability to stand up for herself. 
I had to! Michael replied, he threatened to kill me if I didn't help him! First sign it's time to go. You'll die if you stay. And I don't just mean physically. The moment Michael had to lie, her integrity died. For some of you, you might be being a, you might find yourself in a situation and in a season. And if you stay in that relationship or you stay at that job, it is killing your character. It is killing your integrity. You have to lie. You have to compromise. You have to do all kinds of stuff to stay in this atmosphere. You know it's time to go when the great parts of you are dying. And you have to lie to survive. You have to compromise your ethics to survive. You, you, you have to make up something uh, 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 to, try to, to try to justify your behavior. No, 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 you're dying. You need to leave. I have a dear family member that was in an abusive relationship for over 20 years, physically abusive, was hospitalized twice, beat almost within inches of her life. We don't have time. We don't, we're not praying about anything. Pack it up. We're going to have an extraction. I'm going to hit the fuse box. Lights going out. When they come back on, you and all your furniture and your clothes are going to be gone. We are out of here. The first sign that it's time to go is when you know if you stay, you'll die. Point number two, please write this down. Second sign you know it's time to go. You can hear God through your friends. <laughs> Because when you're in a toxic environment, when you're in an abusive relationship, uh, uh, things get foggy. And you're trying to figure out, what's wrong with me? That, 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 that it must be something I'm doing. Anybody that is, a, is, that is a narcissist, anyone that is a manipulator or a controller, they're the ones doing wrong, but you're the one that walks away thinking that it must be something wrong with you. You're constantly trying to fix yourself and, 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 and do something to, 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 to get back in their graces when the truth of the matter is this is a person that cannot see or will not ever acknowledge their own flaws. And so they always make it about you. So they can hurt you and then tell you you're the reason why they had to. I wouldn't have punched you, but you made me so mad. You know, you know, when you make me mad, I'm so sorry, but it was your fault. When your friends start telling you, oh, you need to go. Listen. So, so, so uh, uh, David and Jonathan had had this conversation. And, and uh, Jonathan says, okay, I, I don't know why my dad's trying to kill you, but I'm going to get to the bottom of this, and, and I'm going to need you to hide out for three days. While you hide out for three days, the new moon festival is going to happen, and when the new moon festival comes around, uh, you usually are, are sitting at the king's table uh, with the king. When I get there, 
uh, uh, I'm going to have a conversation with my father. I'm going to really find out what's going on. Now, uh, 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 here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell, we're going to tell your father, this is David talking now, we're going to tell your father that I went back home to Bethlehem uh, to make some sacrifices. It's a new moon. That's not out of the ordinary. Uh, and, and then you find out how his response is to me not being at the table. If you tell him I'm at the New Moon Festival and he's cool, then we'll know, okay, maybe that spirit is off of him for good and he's changed. But if he gets mad, then we'll really know. So Jonathan's at the table with uh, Saul and Abner, his assistant, and uh, uh, David uh, picking up in verse 24 of, verse 20, uh, of chapter 20. So David hid himself in the field, and when the New Moon Festival began, the king sat down to eat. He sat at his usual place against the wall, with David sitting opposite him and Abner beside him. But David's place was empty. Saul didn't say anything about it that day, for he said to himself, something must have made David ceremonially unclean. But when David's place was empty again the next day, Saul asked Jonathan, why hasn't the son of Jesse been here for the meal either yesterday or today? Jonathan replied, David earnestly asked me if he could go to Bethlehem. He said, please let me go, for we are having a family sacrifice. My brother demanded that I be there, so please let me get away to see my brothers. That's why he isn't here at the king's table. Y'all buckle your seatbelts. Saul boiled with rage at Jonathan. You stupid son of a whore! Thing hit you good too, didn't it? That's what it says. This dude snapped on his son. Now, I'm going to slow down right here, y'all, because this, this don't make no sense. You stupid son of a whore. Some of y'all did not want me to repeat that. I just said it again. (laughs) Y'all was like, once was enough, sir. Move on in the narrative. Sorry. (laughs) Do you think I don't know that you want him to be king in your place, shaming yourself and your mother? My mother? The whore? (laughs) You you just called (laughs) my mama, your wife, a whore. And then tried to say, I'm trying to protect you from the kingdom and your mama. This is, this, ooh. (laughs) As long as that son of Jesse is alive, you'll never be king. Now go and get him so I can kill him. But why should he be put to death? Jonathan asked his father. What has he done? Then Saul hurled his spear at Jonathan. Intending to kill him. So, at last, (laughs) Jonathan realized that his father was really determined to kill David. See, sometimes what's going on with you doesn't really land on someone else until they experience the same thing. 
Sometimes you can have people that, 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 that hear about your situation and go, it's not that bad. You know, just keep praying. That's how a lot of people wind up staying. I don't know who this message is for, but that's why a lot of people wind up staying in abusive relationships and in toxic environments is because, because you're, getting, you're trying to get counsel and they're going, just pray through it. Pray through another beating? Pray through another day of, his, of abuse on the job where I'm being sexually harassed? Pray through another day of toxic, toxicity where this narcissist is, is, is beating me down over and over again to, to the point that I'm going home and drinking myself to sleep? And until that anger, until that hatred, until that vitriol is pointed in that, their direction, sometimes people don't get it. D- the Lord wanted to make sure Dave, David understood and, and that Jonathan understood. And so Jonathan was like, man, he, you know, he ain't really trying to throw the spear at you. Maybe he diminished it. Like, I don't think my dad's that bad. But when he threw it at him and called his mama a hoe, he was like, you know what? Let me go get the homie. We got to go. This is crazy. And his friend came back and said, you got to go. You, 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 I hate this for you. I hate this for us. But you have to go. If you stay here, you will die. But I grew up in that church. If you stay there, you will die. But my reputation was built on this marriage. If you stay in it, Now, I hate divorce. God hates divorce. But he does care about your safety and your protection. And I have seen people for optics try to stay in situations that were killing them. Physically, emotionally, killing them. You need somebody to tell you. You need God with flesh on to say, go. And David and Jonathan wept in the field. They embraced each other. They kissed each other. And then David left. And in chapter 21, 22, 23, he is on the run. He is out of his environment. He is in Philistine territory trying to figure stuff out. He, he goes into the cave of Adullam. While he's there, 400 men of discontent, of, of brokenness, wind up being with him. And, and he has all these people around him. And he's just trying to figure out, how do I survive my situation? In chapter number 24, he has an opportunity to kill Saul. What happens when God gives you the upper hand in the situation? And you can actually take, what, what happens if you go to Fox News, CBS, ABC, and break the story? What, what happens if you got on Facebook Live and said, well, let me tell you what happened. David shows integrity. I, I, I know what you're trying to do, but, and, and I know killing you would end my situation. 
but it wouldn't clear my conscience. If God puts somebody in your hand and you can make a statement and take them down, this is a character test. If you got, if you truly got that type of power over the situation, this is a test of your character. Are you going to do the right thing? Or are you going to do the thing that'll make you feel better? I'm going to make sure you get yours. Are you going to try to kill me? Kill you. Chapter 24, he has a chance to kill Saul. Doesn't do it. Chapter 25, still on the run. Chapter 26 has the second opportunity to kill Saul. Sneaks into the camp. Saul is so paranoid, he has a ring of his soldiers sleeping around him. Y'all make a circle. We're going to be right here. Now, y'all make a circle outside of there. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, good, good, good. Get closer together. Okay, good. Now, lay down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Now, go to sleep. And in the middle of the circle, he goes to sleep, and he has Abner, his uh, 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 chief uh, uh, his uh, chief of staff right next to him. They go to sleep. God puts them in such a deep sleep. David walks straight into the camp. These jokers are so asleep that while David is standing over them, his friend says to him, hey man, I'll kill him right now. I mean, he's right here. The Lord's given you to him. The Lord has given him to you. This must be God. Take him out. He's right in front of you. Kill him. David's like, nah, man. Can't do that. It's the Lord's anointed. Ain't nothing anointed about him. That fool tried to kill you, man. He threw three spears at you. This can't be the Lord's anointed. Mm-mm, the Lord got to deal with that situation. This is not mine. Vengeance is the Lord's. He'll be the one that repays. After all he did to you? Yeah, man, I, I won't be the one to do it. He, I mean, I'm sure he's going to get his, but I'm not going to do it. I need to sleep at night. He goes over there and he says, well, let's take his spear. Because he don't, take his spear. Thing has caused me all types of grief. <laughs> take his spear and take his water jug and, and cut off a piece of cloth from his from his clothes. And he runs out to a, another hill with enough distance that if they came up and chased him, he would have a head start. <laughs> you gotta be smart when you're dealing with people. You gonna wake him up here? Nah, bro. Let's go about a mile. <laughs> My voice would travel through this valley. Gets over on the other hill, and he goes, Abner! Doesn't even call Saul. Abner! Wake up! Yeah, Abner! Bro, what kind of chief of staff are you? What kind of bodyguard are you? Look, I got the king's spear, got his water jug, piece of his cloth. I could have killed him. 
Saul wakes up. Huh. He goes, is that my son, David? <laughs> oh, so we got a relationship now. Oh, so you want to jump back on the spiritual son tip now. You want to go spiritual daughter? Okay. I see you. Which brings me to sign number three. Please write this down. You know it's time to go when you can't hear God in their apology. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, this is for somebody. First Samuel 26, 21. Then Saul confessed, I have sinned. Come back home, my son, and I will no longer try to harm you, for you have valued my life today. I have been a fool and very very wrong. Now this is what abusers do that will keep you in a cycle of abuse. Because it sounds so genuine. Well, I know he punched me, but he said he's sorry. I, I know that he called me out of my name, but he said, you know, he was just having a bad day. I know he crossed the line because he's married and I'm married too, and he, he, he said something a little bit, you, you know, it crossed the line and it was inappropriate, but, but he, he was like, you know, I'm just having a bad spot in my marriage and I didn't really mean that. And No, what happened is they didn't pick up on it and now you have to backtrack. David said, here's your spear, O king. Here's the weapon you've tried to kill me with. I'm going to give it back to you. Let one of your young men come over and get it. You, <laughs> you stay there. Ain't nobody checking for you. The Lord gives his own reward for doing good and for being loyal. And I refuse to kill you even when the Lord placed you in my power. Yeah. For you are the Lord's anointed one. We can debate if the anointing rubbed off, if it dried up. What I do know is that he anointed you. I respect that. And I've heard your apology. I accept that. But come back, huh? That's a, that's just a, I don't know. I, I mean, you apologized. You said some very heartfelt words. You used some very relational language. You called me a son. But like the way, the way my memory is set up. <laughs> I can forgive you. I can do that. 
But I don't know if I can put myself back in an environment that's going to trigger me. I just don't know if, if you, now, now here's the thing, I want to be very, very careful here. Here's the thing that's important about this, because there are some people that give sincere apologies and then they get mad that the other person doesn't want to reconcile. When the truth of the matter is, your behavior is the consequence for why they won't. And make no mistake, reconciliation and resolution are two different things. I can resolve the fact that we had a bad relationship and it's over. But just because I forgive you don't mean I have to get back with you. Not obligated to do so, sir. I just don't have to go back there. Well, well, you really don't have, then, then manipulation starts. Well, then you ain't really saved then. You're supposed to be so high and holy and mighty and you talking about forgiveness all the time, then why won't you get back with me? Because I forgive you. But Christ does it better. He will never leave you or forsake you. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to leave that alone. I felt, I felt the atmosphere. Y'all, y'all good now. Okay. All right. <laughs> When the hanky comes out, I know. I know God's spoken. Point number four, please write this down. Your fourth sign, you know it's time to go. You know God goes with you. Boy, this is blessing me. The sign that it's time to go is when you know God goes with you. Here's what David says in 26, 24. Now may the Lord value my life even as I have valued yours today. May he rescue me from all my troubles. Here's the line of demarcation that David is making at this moment. I am no longer relying on you. To make sure that I'm secure. I am no longer relying on you. To support my life. I am no longer relying on you. As the fixture that's going to determine if I make it or not. May the Lord himself take care of me. I told you this was a message that I was passionate about speaking. But I always have that concern. Are, are people really hearing what I'm saying? Or through their own filter of pain or problems? Are they trying to make the scripture fit their narrative or their situation? I end by saying again, there are some people in here that have some very serious situations and you needed a word from God to know that I can go. This is killing me. 
and I need to be in a safe environment around safe people so I can really heal. I desperately want you to get this message because I don't want you to die physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, relationally. I do not want to see you die behind somebody's narcissism, their manipulation, or their control. But equally, I don't want to see anybody walk away from something that three counseling sessions will fix. <laughs> Everybody has problems. It's not a sign every time that you have to run. But if you find yourself with your physical life on the line, your mental health on the line, get to a safe space. Let some friends that you trust, not your messy friends, you know which friends was co-sign on anything and which ones really hear from the Lord. That's the friend you don't want to call because they're going to tell you the truth. Yeah. Like, well, have you called Sharon? I, not yet, because I know. <laughs> she always in her prayer closet. She's going to tell me. God's going to give you the strength to grow. And that growth is going to give you the boldness to go. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on our church, please go to www.embassycity.com. We would love to hear from you. Our prayer is that you have been inspired and transformed. Have a wonderful day and come back again.